Welcome to Down the Fandom Hole, a podcast where I talk with fellow fandom artists and writers about creativity, being part of the fandom community, and various other interesting topics. I'm your host, Ayaka Spencer, fanfic writer, aspiring editor-collaborator, inclusive community creator, and audacious dream dreamer, who believes that fan works and fan fiction can be a bridge for inclusivity between cis and trans people, straight and queer people, and people of all ages, races, and identities. In my opinion, there is so much possibility that fandom can create, and it is because of various stories and art that make it possible. Something that I have been lucky enough to learn when chatting with my guests that have agreed to come on my show and share their experiences. Also, as an added bonus for today's episode, visit my website, iacaspencer.com. And check out the artist gallery page where you can view work from today's guests. On today's show, Grace, aka Big Mama Llama 5, and I talk what it's like being part of a zine, collaborating on draw piles with Sango Blip, and what it's like being an artist and writer, and how she decides which to use to make her many fandom creations. Also, you might hear her dog, Sam, in the background who you may have caught a glimpse of on Grace's Twitter account. So before we get started, what are your pronouns? She and her. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start this off with some fun and questions. What is the biggest cookie you can fit in your mouth? <laughs> uh, I will never know. For a very, From a very strong suggestion from my dentist, and at the risk of unhinging the left side of my jaw, I am not to open my mouth as wide as I possibly can. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I choose not to figure that out. Okay, then. <laughs> What's the matter with your jaw? Uh, it's like TMJ. There's a little tissue disc that sits in between the pocket of your skull and the mandible and sometimes it can get loose and slip out Uh and um unfortunately sometimes when i chew the uh it'll slip out and my jaw will lock up and it's very uncomfortable so that's why i'm not going to uh uh, shove a giant cookie in my mouth (laughs) i see okay yeah well i'm not too keen on that (laughs) less pain for me so this next question You might need to do some explaining because I'm not completely sure what the context of it was for. I think it's Dungeons and Dragons, but like I said, Mm -hmm. I'm so out of the loop, I'm cool. (laughs) So, what do you think the D&D slash Pathfinder classes alignment of the main SG cast would be and why? Oh, that's a hard question. Okay, so... um, Alignment is essentially uh, uh, neutral good, you know, chaotic, evil, uh, true good, true neutral, things like that. Um, oh, that's what those weird um, nine square mm-hmm. things are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's start with Kara. Okay, I, I would have to put Kara at a, I'm not going to say lawful good, okay. um, because I think she tends to warp her sense of good i think i would put her in between lawful good and neutral good because she is a good person and she tries to do good but sometimes she's a little misguided in what she thinks is right Mm -hmm. and so i think you know 
neutral good leaning lawful good for Kara. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Alex. Alex would be Alex would be a lawful neutral, and that is uh, favor law and order over good and evil. Okay. That sounds right. I think right. she would also. Yeah. So that sounds right. Okay. So that's Kara, Alex, uh, Lena. Gosh, she's, she's such a gray card. I would just stick her in true neutral. Uh, let's she, see. She can waver back and forth, right? You're like, oh. She can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her, her morality. Yeah, she's, she uh, seesaws a little bit. So I would put her true neutral. Uh, Wynn, I guess we could put Wynn at, let's put Wynn at a neutral good. Okay. Because he wants to do the right thing, but he's also cool with uh, making, like, breaking laws and breaking rules. Like, he's fine with that. So let's do that. Neutral Mm -hmm. good for when. Uh, I think I'd say the same for James. Also leaning maybe chaotic good a little bit. Chaotic neutral in that regard. Nia, let's put Nia at chaotic good. That's just really funny. Um, no, she would go. I don't know. She's such a spitfire. Where would she go? Nia, where would you go? She is awesome sauce. She is. I love that character so much. Nicole's pretty sweet too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's keep um, let's keep Nia chaotic good. Okay. Willing to do bad things to bad people. Yeah, yeah, that fits her. Okay, so Brainy, uh, Brainy is um, like strong, uh, lawful neutral. Mm-hmm. Definitely lawful neutral. John, I guess John would also be lawful neutral. Yeah, let's leave him there. He's he's kind of law and order. Uh, who else? Who else? Um, do you want to do Kelly? She might be part oh, of the Kelly, main cast. thank you. You're yes. Uh let's do Kelly at <clears throat> Well, see, here's here's the hard thing about Kelly. She hasn't had any screen time, so she's difficult to pin down. Let's put her at lawful good. Okay. She's a compassion, yes, but also she has a sense of duty. And I think that's pretty pretty close to her because she does respect authority and tries to create structure for people to thrive so i think yeah let's put her in lawful good sounds good all right what's it like to have been a creator for several fandoms over the years it has been a a very educational experience not only has it allowed me to grow and find my voice as a writer and as an artist uh, I've been very privileged to get to know a lot of really interesting people from all over the world and some of my best friends are not even in the United States and some of them I haven't even seen pictures of and some of them I've actually never spoken to over video chat but I think that's probably one of the uh, more interesting things that I never thought I would get with fandom. And the, the longer I'm in fandom, the uh, more important those friendships become to me. Is the mindset different when you create in one fandom from another? Oh, no. Um, I'm more focused on the characters more than anything. 
And uh, that doesn't change uh, moving from fandom to fandom. Uh, usually when I change a fandom, it's because I've you know, found a new ship and latched onto that. And my experience revolves around that fan. Um, my experience revolves around that ship and the people that I come into contact through that ship. It doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to treat it any differently. Mm-hmm. I might treat the fandoms differently as a whole, uh, but that's not really my focus when it comes to fandom, if that makes any sense. I'm, I'm much more uh, condensed in what I like to enjoy in regards to fandom as a whole. It's, it's a little bit easier to uh, just keep my head level and it's a little easier to find people that I want to talk to by narrowing my search that way. And it keeps me from definitely getting too stressed out, which can be very, very easy to do if you start looking at everything in fandom. So I, I definitely stick to the art and the writing in that regard. So the stories you create, are they fandom specific? Like she blinded me with science was for Supercorp, or could that have translated into another fandom that you used to write for that you do write for? Hmm. It was pretty Supercorp specific. So it would need quite an overhaul if I were to translate it into a different ship. The, the memory loss um, AU as a whole can be translated anywhere. It's just the actual, it, it was very uh, character specific to Supercorp. So it would change drastically if I were to change ships. It, uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to write a scientist into a character that's not a scientist, if that makes sense. So um, it would be difficult for me to put Lena's role into, say, Carmilla mm-hmm. or or I guess Laura, uh, if if we were to try to keep the the characters kind of parallel, it would it, it would be it would definitely not be the same. That that would not be um, an easy feat. I don't think. Is it the the characters that inspire the stories, or vice versa? Like you're like, oh, I got this great idea for a story. I think <laughs> this is better for the ship or this fandom, or like, oh, I really like. You know, I like the interplay between Laura and Carmilla. This story, I think, is better. Is that kind of how it is? Or, like, how does it usually work? Um, it, it is very character-specific. So I'm, I'm thinking first of the characters. And when I think of the characters, that's, that's where the ideas come from. Uh, I might not necessarily uh, think of an idea and then say, okay, what ship could I apply this to? It's uh, more of, I'm obsessed with this one ship, and that's all I'm going to think about <laughs> for the foreseeable future, which is where we are right now with Supercorp. I spent about three years with Carmilla, and then uh, we're going on, oh gosh, we're going on three, almost four years with Supercorp right now. So I'm, I'm what um, some people, that some fr- friends that I'm with would jokingly call a one-ship hoe, whereas mm-hmm. I, I am very... Uh, monogamous in my ships so (laughs) so if i'm drawing something right now it'd be okay this is super corp how can i make it super corp and um it if i were to eventually and probably move on to a different ship i don't know when that'll be or if that'll be 
the same thing would happen. I would be having ideas and doodling and turning out thoughts and it would relate to those characters. So I'm definitely a character-driven artist. Since the Supercourt fandom is divorced from the actual show, do you find that creatively free in comparison to like creating for fandoms that are more in tune with the canon? I, I would argue that it depends on the person. Uh, I, I am personally someone who enjoys canon for the most part, uh, or I guess I should say I specifically enjoy the world building and the backstory and what makes these characters who they are, uh, what's their environment, how do they interact inside this environment. And uh, if that level of canon can be built upon and act as a starting base for something, then good. And I think that was uh, really helpful with most ships that I've been in, most fan- most fandoms that I've been in have been uh, pretty solid on canon, especially Supergirl. That one's actually been really fun to actually go back in and, and research all the way back through these original Supergirl comics. Where did she first show up in the Superman comics? And then going from there, uh, and this is where it starts to get a little squirrely because both Marvel and DC like to retcon a lot a lot and it can be a little frustrating when you're trying to look up at canon because it'll say one thing in one subsection and then say 10 years later it's like they went back and erased that and completely rewrote it and so then now if you were to chronologically go in order technically some of these older comics uh don't make sense which i think is obnoxious (laughs) obnoxious <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoy continuity so when I come across something that's been heavily retconned I think okay well what can I cherry pick from this or is it even worth looking at because uh, uh, it can be uh, creatively freeing but also creatively constraining and that's just um, a personal preference because I know that sango for instance uh, she just uh said fuck it to the show and um i mean a lot of us did i i did um after season two and i don't rely on a lot of canon past season one for supergirl i just uh it didn't bring anything to the table really and so when i think about canon for supergirl specifically Mm-hmm. I'll go from season one and I will look back at the comics and then I have a nice solid base. And then going from there is when I start kind of putting feelers out and stretching out and kind of just uh, wiggling around and seeing what feels right. Uh, and I do, I do think at the end of the day, and this is really important. Um, canon should not limit you in how you enjoy your fandom Mm -hmm. and i think that's um one thing that certain fandoms get really hung up on star wars and uh it can be very damaging to a lot of people whether you're creative or not and 
at it in a you have to be able to know when to enjoy canon and when to let people enjoy canon you know mm-hmm. can so, you can you elaborate on that a little more so it's canon is what occurs on screen or in print mm-hmm. and that is what is considered you know official so to say mm-hmm. and i'm just going to speak in a hypothetical here okay some sometimes people can take these hypotheticals too far mm-hmm. and by pushing those hypotheticals and uh pushing these canon moments as law it does not allow people to actually sit back and critique what they're consuming mm-hmm. and it's not allowing them to actually kind of pick it apart pull it apart in a way that they can play with not necessarily a way to criticize um because i'm not talking about criticism here and it's um i've seen it kill smaller fandoms and it's it's really disheartening because i'll see people say oh well you can't do that because xyz is in the show or you can't do that because uh this happened so obviously it's not real or obviously you can't make these characters draw these characters address that and it's that that's that's what it what i mean by how canon can actually uh oppress creativity and it's it's um has to, it has to do with just people taking canon as law and when you start doing that you, you kind of lose the spark of what fandom actually is no that's true so do you when you write canon is kind of just more inspiration that you can draw from is that what it is and then you kind of pick and choose what parts of canon you want to bring forth in your story yes exactly and it also depends on which story i'm writing uh sometimes i'll write a completely different au and there there is no canon (laughs) canon is a lie Um, but then sometimes i'm and i'm working on a story right now and have been for a long time canon is very important because i'm trying to write a different version of kara so it's it's sort of a you know a hundred thousand or so long character study word character study so it it depends really on the idea that i want to write and is it at all related to canon and if it is in some regard then i can use it as a Uh, a base a springboard so to say i won't actually adhere to it if the idea doesn't require me to because there there would be no point in doing that Uh, that would just inhibit my my own creativity and how i want to tell my story and sometimes that can be a challenge a fun challenge but uh, at the end of the day i i'm not looking to box myself into canon unless that is specifically the story that i want to tell and and it, it just depends. It depends on what I want to write. 
So when you write a story, do you try to complete it before you post it, even if you maybe post it chapterly, or do you write it as you post? I, I try very hard to complete it before I, before I post it. And that it's, that's um, just a, a thing that I do for myself now, because I have been that, art, that author that has started a story and then never finished it and had been updating it onto my fanfiction at the time, my fanfiction.net account, which no longer is, exists. I yeeted that into space. Um, but that <laughs> made me feel bad. You know, it's, it's like I, I'm writing this story and people are reading it and then I just stop. Mm. Like, God, that, that, that makes me an asshole. I feel like an asshole. I don't want to be an asshole. <laughs> you know? So, so I, and this story is, still not finished and I'm not going to tell you what fandom it was but it it's been years and I still feel bad about it so whenever I start a new story I might you know if people want to ask me about it on tumblr that's cool I will you know share a little snippet with you I might I don't want to spoil it for you Mm -hmm. uh, because because I think that takes the fun out of it personally I know. I know some people love spoilers. Um, I'm, I'm I a person. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. I am allergic to spoilers. <laughs> so it's like I, I will talk to you about it vaguely, um, but then uh, I, I do make sure that I have the story completed. I've at least made one pass at editing, just to count, the, just to make sure I uh, don't have any horrible, you know, spelling errors, and uh, then I will post it. And if it's a chaptered story, I will still finish it before I even post the first chapter, just because I want to make sure it's all done and it's all ready. And I'm not going to leave anybody hanging because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to repeat that again. <laughs> well, that's super nice and thoughtful. Thank you. <laughs> just made me feel bad. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. So complete stories whenever it's, whenever it's posted. Yeah, I got there. It's, it's finished. Done. It is finished. It's done. There's none left. <laughs> What's a fic you want to write someday? Either fan fiction or like an original work? What's like the, mm. what's like a possible opus you would like to create? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we've all got that. Um, mm. We've all got that novel in us that we want to write. So eventually I would like to do that. It would be some sort of fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. but that that's been on the back burner for years at this point I actually started trying to completely uh redo the world building a few years ago and I'm still picking at it but um I'm currently distracted by Supercorp, which is totally fine mm-hmm. um well I've talked a little bit about I call it the Kryptonian AU which is uh, an older car crashes to earth and I just really wanted to explore the uh, mentality of her going through that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's the one that I've been writing f- since 2017. I believe wow. that's right. Um, I tried to, I've been doing a NaNoWriMo for, or NaNoWriMo, however you say it, um, a couple of years for it. Mm-hmm. And I attempted to do that again uh, this mm-hmm. past November and that just didn't work out because uh, there was a little bit of stress going on and uh yeah so um and it was also 
<laughs> it was also quite challenging to write heavy, heavy material during that stressful time. So I thought, you know what, we're just going to put a pin in that for a little bit. And if it, I think I, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would like to get back to it um, maybe this summer and then do NaNoWriMo again for it. Um, I think I'm halfway. I don't know. Oh my God, it's too much. It's too much. But it's it's been that's one thing that I would really like to finish and post. But in a in a more um, fun and kind of uh, off the wall uh, thing that I would really like to write is a detective and medical examiner AU. Oh, where Cara Cara is the detective and Lena is the uh, medical examiner. Makes sense. And I'm trying to decide do I really want to do all that research uh, and that's that's really what's holding me up because that would require me to look into uh, just criminal intent and look into different kinds of um, uh, uh, serial killer cases and you know how how does a body look through different stages of decomposition which is not terrible um, because I've learned that already, but it's it's a it's a different it's a different mindset of research that I haven't really locked myself into yet. Because I I did a whole bunch of that I with um with uh, cryptids, so I'm I'm still sort of uh, recovering <laughs> from from my 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 trawl through all of that and uh, <laughs> the books that I read and everything. So it's it's like okay, I need to take a research break and then eventually I will get to that. And I do have some other little, little bits and bobs that I want to complete. You could always watch crime scene investigation for the whole. Oh, I know, but isn't that real? <laughs> I'm trying to divorce myself from reality. <laughs> I don't, is it real on crime scene investigation? The one with like, Mark oh, and... oh, maybe I'm thinking of, of CSI stupid yeah, maybe I'm thinking of that or true crime or whatever. I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm sure some of it must be real. So. I, I, oh yeah, I know. They, they take, they take um, inspiration from actual cases and things like that. Um, but that I, I will eventually, you know, get over my wimpiness and address that because I, I want to write some fun gore. I think that would be really nice, nice and uh, adventurous. So, what makes gore fun? Uh. Hmm. <laughs> it's um what makes gore fun well it's it's uh challenging to write it in a way that isn't cartoonish uh-huh uh i i really like sort of leaning into uh realistic details if i can and if it, if it's a um if i'm writing something that is fantasy or sci-fi how can I still make that feel rooted in reality? And um, that that's kind of why I enjoy writing gore. I think I don't write it very often, but it's, it's something that is well-researched and something that is well-documented. And it's just a matter of how can you portray it in a way that isn't so overly gruesome, you know, cause I, I don't want to squick out too many people. Mm-hmm. But if it, it actually has a purpose in the fic, then I want to make sure that I, you know, write it correctly or because I it's it's more about 
wanting to get the details right. But I also really enjoy learning things. So if I can learn something while I do this, then, you know, that's a double win. So you get something realistic and I get something out of it. But I I just think it's an interesting challenge that not a lot of people explore Mm -hmm. or want to explore really because because it is it can be a touchy subject so it's um thick fanfic is a really good place to explore things that you might never actually want to come in contact with so between Kara and lena who is your favorite to write for i think my my favorite to write is Kara, but i have an easier time with lena and i don't know why I just do. That's a, it's, it's more about feel and what exactly I'm writing. And it's, it's hard to describe because, uh, and it depends on the story, really. What is the story I'm telling? Is it easier to tell it from Lena's perspective or would it be more interesting to tell it from Kara's perspective, which means I'm going to have to try harder? Why do you have to try harder for Kara? Well, Lena is morally gray. So she is a little bit easier to treat as someone who is going to look at something logically. Mm-hmm. And she might not get hung up on the morality of something. Whereas Kara is going to get hung up on the morality of something. And that that can be more of a challenge to write well and write believably and I think that's why that's more challenging because we we can all take a page out of the CW's book and just have her flip-flop all over the place but that's no fun it's like (laughs) that's that's just it, it I won't say lazy writing but I I don't want to take the easy way out when it comes to Kara or, or Lena, really. It's just I have a, a better understanding of her, I think. Because we're all a little bit, yeah, we're all a little bit gray. Yeah, we all have the capacity for good and evil. And, you know, it's not always easy to figure out which one is which. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what's so interesting and what makes Lena so easy to write is she feels everything. And she does talk about compartmentalizing with her little boxes, but she, this girl, she, she has been through a lot of shit and she is still going through a lot of shit. And that can be quite easy to relate to. Maybe not in a sense that, Hey, your family is trying to kill you, but Mm -hmm. you know, just losing someone or, you know, being betrayed by someone. We've all felt that. And Mm -hmm. I just think that's, easier to relate to and easier to translate into words um, rather than thinking as a superhero because being inherently good is a trait that you have to learn Mm -hmm. Um, and some some people have an easier time at that than others and it's very easy for everyone to fall into their grief at some point not not all the time but at some point it's very easy to just do that and I think that's what makes Lena a very uh enticing character yeah she's uh, 
for me, I, I agree. I have an easier time writing from Lena, but Cara is definitely a fun challenge sometimes when I want to kind of push her envelope and see what mm -hmm. I can do with her since she is so wishy-washy. She doesn't have that kind of set. She doesn't have that sort of set characterization because they give her such floppiness that I think it allows for, like, for her to be a little bit more arrogant sometimes or a little bit more feisty or, you know, maybe a little bit more of not necessarily the kind alpha, but like, but like ABO, sorry. But, um, <laughs> That's but okay. you know, like someone who's cocky enough to know what she's got and isn't afraid to say it, but can be kind and stuff. So Kara definitely has that ability to be more uh, flexible in the way she can be used. At least that's how I view her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and she definitely can be. And I, I think that um, some people just would rather not do that, you know, would, would rather write her as a, you know, good, you know, all, all knowing, all good person. And, and mm -hmm. that's totally fine. Um, I just personally think that Kara has the potential for so much depth and um, that's where the challenge comes in. So I, I really enjoy, if I want a good challenge, I'll write Kara. But if I if I'm just looking to tell a good story, I'm more likely to lean towards Lena, in a sense. So, what was it like writing her Kara for Faulkner and Lenotra? That that was that was actually pretty difficult, um, and I was surprised that so many people resonated with that story. I guess just because it's a it's a lovely little little story with about bakery. Bakeries and things like that, but um, and I did, and I get all these comments all the time. Oh, you made me so hungry when I was reading this. Me too. I made myself hungry. <laughs> but I made a list of pastries that I want to make <laughs> because I was writing them, and I will still make croissants one day. I will do it. I brought the butter and I have the flour. I just don't have the space. <laughs> so it's um, car car was was a that was a good challenge of a fic because uh, I had written her a little bit. And if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Bakery AU is actually one of my f earliest Super Corp fics. And uh, that was when I was still trying to actually learn the characters and figure out what their voices sounded like in my head and how they interacted with each other. So then to all of a sudden throw myself into a non-canon situation was like, what are you doing? You know, this is a mess. But at the end of the day, uh, it really allowed me to buckle down and focus on some of those nuances in Kara that you don't necessarily get to see in the show. Or if, if you do, um, they're very fleeting because and and i'm i'm speaking from uh, not watching past episode 10 season 2 oh, wow. and loving season 1 which definitely made writing them much more challenging and um which is why i pay attention so much to them as characters because you can tell when someone is writing for a fandom that doesn't watch the show and they may love the characters, but they're not 
the characters, uh, uh-huh. so to speak. So it, that's more of a personal challenge for me where I want to actually write these characters, but I've tied one of my own arms behind my back by not watching the show. And I, I did go through and read, you know, the, the fandom wikis on the characters and anything I could find in the comics. There is not a lot of Lena content at all. The TV show is the most Lena that I think we've ever gotten. She's shown up in other things, but not to this degree before. So in a, in a kind of horrifying realization, the CW is, is sort of giving us most of the Lena content right now, um, which, which makes me cringe a little bit. Uh, but um, <laughs> so, because she's definitely the the longest running iteration of that character right now, and that's uh. going to play a big part, going to play a big part on her lore. You know, so the, the uh, writing Bakery AU was definitely a, a struggle trying to pin down Kara as a character when I barely knew her. But it didn't actually sound like it was bad. I mean, you really hinted on her kindness and her good-naturedness. I, I enjoyed when you kept wanting her to lay, basically lay face down on all these places. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you have you ever talked to someone so pretty that you're just like, oh my god, I need to lay down? No, like, I can't say that. No, you haven't? Okay. No. I, I definitely have. No, I'm just kidding. Of course I have, but I've never wanted to lay down. <laughs> I basically wanted to be shrunken down to the size of a pygmy, but yeah, <laughs> not lay down. Okay, well, well, same, same, same regard, same regard. It's like, because I've definitely like been like, oh God, like put me in a tiny box and throw me out the window, kind of a, kind of a feeling. But I chose to wrote to write it as um, I'm going to go lay down on the floor and not get up. What's kind of your creative process? Like, are you a pantser? Are you a plotter? Are you a planter? I think that's how you say it. Or like from conception to where you get to your story, what is kind of, what's it kind of like? I, I am a planner on, on a couple different levels. Uh, even I, I would say I, I'm definitely a planner planter at, at worst. Uh, I will at least have, one sentence as a prompt and it's like this is and and within that sentence it'll it'll basically have the general overall goal of what i want to write and um so going from there what i usually end up doing even with my shorter things <laughs> shorter as in not very short um <laughs> i will uh, just make a quick bullet list of, you know, a plot, so to say. It's like, this is how I want to start. This is the end goal down at the bottom. Uh, what are the key points in between this, the beginning and the end that I want to do? And, and even with just my actual smaller prompts, um, I will have a short paragraph of this is what happens. This is, you know, da, 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 and list out exactly how I want the beats of the different you know, paragraphs to go. And it might not be more than, you know, 1500 words, but I will still do that uh, for it. And as the story gets bigger, you know, the, uh, sometimes I have to open a whole new document for, for planning for all of my larger stories. I definitely have separate documents that have 
this is the actual expanded summary of what I want to write. Uh, and then I will have lists of characters that are going to be in it. And then I will have the actual plot completely plotted from beginning to end. And I might go back and tweak it a little bit. But before I write, I really like to get that kind of nailed down because I want to be able to keep myself on track. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't have that, it's not going to get done. And that's just how my brain works. So if, if I really want to finish something, I will actually plot it out from beginning to end. And then going from there, it's like, okay, do I need to do any kind of research for this? Um, any cultural research, any kind of, you know, languages? Uh, will Kara be speaking Kryptonian? Are there some words I need to look up? And it's like, what are some just interesting details? And and some one thing that I've started to do with um, my non-canon stories is like an aesthetic list. So what I'll do is I'll just have this little section and I'll just think about the story and it's not very big brained, I promise. I'm making it sound more snotty than it really is. And it's like, um, for example, for cryptids, when I think about cryptids, I think about wood smoke, mist, the chill of the air. I think about the fragrance of rosemary. I think about metallic taste of blood like if you bite your lip or if you bite your tongue on accident what that tastes like um i think about the crunch and crackle of fresh bread as it comes out of the oven and if you do listen to a good loaf of bread right out of the oven the crust will crackle as the steam escapes and it's like what what are these what are these little nuances in everyday life that i can list down and include and that kind of um, comes from the age-old argument of write what you know. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and, and a lot of times when you hear, now write what you know, it's said in a condescending voice. Or it's said in a, uh, this is kind of silly, why are you writing this? Mm -hmm. But, you know, how can you take that and say, okay, I am going to write what I know. And you're, you're just your everyday experiences. And then people don't I mean, understand that writing what you know can also come just from researching and reading up on what you want to learn about. So that way you, you technically are writing what you know. Mm -hmm. And it's that, that comes into a big play of how I want to make things feel more realistic or how I want things to uh, feel more poignant in a way like what are the small things that I can include that don't actually have any say in the actual planning process mm -hmm. it's more of just the overall feel of the story and that's what helps me get into the mindset of actually writing what I'm planning out so sometimes I might have a certain scene and I'll be getting stuck and I won't understand what I'm exactly trying to write and I'll just mm -hmm. get a little block and I'll say, okay, well, let's take a step back. What do I know? What is happening in this room? What would I be able to smell? What would I be able to see? Is it cold? Is it hot? And 
usually that gets me out of a, a bump pretty quickly because it's it's just sometimes I'm getting hung up on a stupid sentence and I don't know what comes after that one. But then if I start, you know, putting myself into that room or wherever it is, that conversation, I can usually push back out of it. And so that that's a big part of my process that does keep me from getting hung up, which I had to learn and teach myself how to do. Uh, because it used to be to the point where I would start something and then never finish it because I would get stuck and I wouldn't know how to get unstuck. And that's how I've been able to write so much Supercorp. It's because I was getting stuck in Carmilla. And then once I got to writing Supercorp, um, that's when I finally figured out, okay, this is how my brain wants to work. You know, this is what is going to keep me going. And so that, comes into play definitely with how I approach my stories, how I plan them. So even, even just the little paragraphs help me out the most. And I know some people just go right in and just write, write, write. And I, you know, I can't, I used to be able to do that, but now I, I need to make sure that I'm able to keep the bead on what I'm trying to do. Oh yeah. And it sounds how so, it sounds like it was something that was kind of trial and error for you as well. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> lots, lots, lots of error, <laughs> so much error. Um, and now, now we're seeing um, a, a lot more success. So it, it seems like I am not, um, you know, much. And I don't, it seems like I don't really fail that often, but I failed a lot in the past, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like there are, so many stories from a whole bunch of different fandoms on my computer mm-hmm. that are not finished and will never be finished. And so I've just finally figured out how to write really within the past couple of years. And I've been writing for a long time since, um, gosh, I guess I was 12 or 13. Wow. So over, over 15 years, I've been writing a really long time, but I didn't actually figure out how I write until, you know, 2016, 17. Um, and I, I had, I had completed one story um, before that, but it, it was um, the beginnings of me understanding that I really needed to plan out how I wrote. But then for some reason, I just, I didn't keep doing that. And so I kept struggling for a couple of years, but, um, so now I have a, a process to make sure that I actually plan out what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sometimes that means there's a paragraph and sometimes that means there's a separate 45 page document. <laughs> and yes, so there, there is one that is quite large <laughs> that does exist. <laughs> you ever like read over your old stories that are unfinished and thought oh you know what this might be good for a super corp and then kind of started to shift it or does it kind of just stay as the fandom you started it as unfinished? you know it you know I, I i actually did do that recently um i was looking back at some stuff from i guess about seven or eight years ago and i was like well and and there were there were um there were a few things that were 
they were they were completed things um if it's unfinished i will usually just leave it in the fandom that it's in because i don't know how it ends Mm -hmm. so i don't know if it would be a good fit for supercorp but i did pull a couple things forward that i think i would like to translate into supercorp it would be a non a no powers uh 1800s au with a what was it queen lena and captain of the royal guard kara that's what it was oh sounds fun and and that's 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 um that would be very fun to write i don't know if i'll actually get to it just because i have a whole list of other things that i would really like to write first mm-hmm. but i i'm also notorious for saying oh i'll write that later and then an hour later i know i i'm i'm like 500 words into the idea that i said i would write later so (laughs) (laughs) it it happens all the time and i just i kick myself every time but i i just roll with it because i will eventually go back to what i was working on Uh because i don't post until it's completed um but yeah and i'm thankfully i haven't fallen into that trap with that particular uh, line of stories yet because Uh it's going to require a lot of research and i just i can't do that yet yeah that's 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 what keeps uh, getting me on some of my bigger ones like i want to learn i want to dedicate the time mm-hmm. to actually make sure i have the information i want mm-hmm. but i don't have the time or the energy to do that right now so i'm trying to do some other stuff trying to complete some things that don't require that and Thankfully, I have a bunch of stuff that is plotted out and planned out. It's just a matter of me actually working through them right now. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to learn, too. Like, whenever I try to learn something, I then try to teach people, which isn't always great because then they think you're, like, uh, trying to be, what's the word someone used once? I want to say snobby, but I don't think that was it. But I'm just like, no, it's just I'm trying to cement it by teaching it to other people. But if you don't want to learn, that's cool. I understand. And then, (laughs) you know, maybe what I need to start doing is putting it into stories so that I could just teach other people without actually teaching anyone. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, one kind of little uh, side effect of <laughs> that's that's one side effect of enjoying research i believe it's you, you inadvertently help people learn things without meaning to how do you make the decision between drawing for a prompt and writing for a prompt <laughs> um effort <laughs> how much effort do i want to put into it you know how how much brain power do i have at the moment uh, <laughs> really that's what it is uh right now i've been running running pretty low on drawing creative juice and i'm just kind of saving it for the the art that i do need to get done which means that i have an e- easier time just sitting down and relaxing and writing um, mm-hmm. because i don't have to sit up at a desk and i did get a, a new chair with my mitch mcconnell money thank goodness um which was definitely hurting me like physically hurting me so that made that made um drawing start to be a little bit more appealing recently so i'm hoping i can start doing more prompts uh-huh. for drawing right now but it, it was for effort really is is what determines if i'm going to write or draw something oh so it's not like inspiration like oh i think 
I would like to see this in visual as opposed to having to imagine it with the written word. Yeah, and I mean, I still do kind of fall back to that, and and I will get to the point where I'll say, oh, this would be so much better drawn. But then the drawback is I don't have any of the, you know, actual world building that I can put into the drawing. Or I can, but it's only a snapshot of it. Uh-huh. So it it's it's more of, one, how much effort do I want to do? Because that effort translate into how much I draw or how much I write. And then comfort level of the actual idea and and then it's you know sometimes I'm just really stubborn and will say I'm gonna do both and it's gonna drive me crazy but I'm gonna do both so have you ever made um I'm not sure if you've ever done this but have you made a comic before like done panels and then dialogue and oh yeah 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 I used to draw comics all the time um but again, the the energy has been running pretty low, and I, I would like to get back to comics. I did draw a comic for uh, volume three of the Super Corp Zine. It's the very last one in the book, and I think that was the last comic I've drawn. So that was almost a year ago. Oh wow! Um, but I do enjoy comics. I actually applied to and was accepted to SCAB, Savannah College of Art and Design, because I wanted to go into sequential art. But then for a couple of different reasons, I decided to uh, go to a state school, which was fine. And I got a, a really good education there. But I've always really enjoyed comics. I've actually been drawing comics since I was in fourth or fifth grade. So that's been a pretty big part of my art. I'm just... um I'm missing it currently. So what do you like about comics? It's just a different way to tell a story. It's a different way to explore characters. It's just, um, there are some things, and it goes both ways. There are some feelings, some expressions that I feel are better suited for visual art. Mm Mm-hmm. And some things are better suited for writing. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just what fits best at the time. So there could be, and and I will say my, my comics tend to lead more humorous because it's difficult for me to write humor, to get the timing of it down, to get the actual piece to feel funny. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I really enjoy drawing exaggerated expressions and uh, playing up the perspective and just, you know, making things look wacky. And it's easier for me to do comedy as a visual form than as a written form. Whereas it's easier for me to write something serious or something that requires a little more attention than to draw it and I haven't really found that happy medium yet eventually I want to be able to find it but but it just yeah it there are funny little things that I am more comfortable writing than drawing that makes sense and do you find that you use different parts of your brain when you're writing as opposed to drawing is one easier than the other hmm 
I, I think um, drawing, drawing comes a little more naturally to me than writing does. Drawing is just something that I've always done uh, for as long as I can remember. And it's something that I've always enjoyed doing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten an art degree. Um, <laughs> or I wouldn't be, you know, drawing for fandoms and, and helping run a, a fandom zine. And it, it just, it, it's my happy place. Drawing is where I go when I just want to block out everything and want to focus on what's right in front of me. And it's easier for me to flip that switch to drawing than it is to writing. And I think it's just writing means that I have to be more conscious of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Whereas drawing, it just happens. I can just make it happen. And that's not to say that I'm not thinking while I'm drawing, but it's more of habit and intuition when I'm drawing. As opposed to writing, which is kind of like more thought out and processed. Yes, exactly. So for yourself as a writer, do you foresee your, uh, do you have plans currently to continue writing for Supercorp even when the C's show itself ends? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't let the show really dictate how I interact with Supercorp or how I interact with the fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's mainly, um, if I'm not feeling it anymore, that's when I'll stop, but I'm still feeling it. So I'm going to keep going. Um, and I don't know when that's going to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know, uh, how soon that will happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll happen, you know, in 2022 when the zine is done. I don't know if it'll happen a year after that or so. Um, but I'm not going to rush it. And I'm just going to take my time. And when I start to feel myself not wanting to create for Supercorp anymore, that's when I'll start thinking about stepping back. And it's just a, you know, a matter of when at this point. So let's go on to the more artistic side, the more arts and draws. Mm, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So. Okay. What kind of, let's talk dog pile. I'm sorry, not dog pile. Draw pile between you and Sango Blip. What kind of started that? Yeah. Uh, what started that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. What did start that? That was two years ago. Um, over two years ago. I think, okay. So I think it just generally boiled down to a group of us screaming at each other that we wanted to draw with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, then it was, okay, what program can we use? to draw with each other. And, and thankfully there are a couple free programs um, and you can even go to, I think there's a few websites that you can uh, set up a private room in and draw together on a board. And that's essentially what draw pile is. It's a free program that is compatible for both Mac and PC and mm-hmm. Linux. I think, unfortunately not iPad, um, but you download that program and then you connect to a room through their online servers and you draw with your friends. And it was a couple of us in the beginning. And then uh, me and Sango eventually kind of made it our, our little weekend uh, buddy time. So we like to draw together on Sundays. We actually put one out today. I saw that with we... the, with the dildo bouquet. <laughs> the dildo bouquet. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. 
she Sangha keeps saying you should draw a pattern but it's flowers but all the flowers are made of strap-ons <laughs> and i'm like i'll get to it eventually <laughs> i promise and then today she was like draw it <laughs> okay i will <laughs> so you guys both work on it at the same time then this the pictures and things yeah we um we're both on the board together and we're drawing side by side in real time as long as you know our internet doesn't lag and kick us out of the room and so we we typically have um a couple layers so she has uh two through two two and three i think and i usually stay on five and six so we're still drawing on the same board but we're drawing on different layers so we don't screw each other up by accident um, oh i see mm -hmm. so how many layers are there usually to this kind of thing we usually go up to six ish um, sometimes we'll go up to more, sometimes um, sometimes less if we have to compress and resize and, and move stuff around if we run out of space, um, but no more than 10. Um, I have not found out how many layers draw pile can support, so we try not to find out. <laughs> we don't want to crash it. <laughs> So how do you how, how how do you feel you've grown as an artist and even a writer? Hmm. Well, I certainly hope I've improved. <laughs> I know I, I I know I have. Um I I guess the the right way to look at it is I've become more comfortable and more confident in how I how I actually uh write and draw. And mm -hmm. it, it's uh less about wanting to have a specific style mm -hmm. and more about just enjoying the creative process of it. And um, if I make something nice out of it, then good. That's awesome. If I don't, then I still had fun creating it. And I, I think that was the biggest lesson that I have learned over the past couple of years, especially in fandom. I definitely enjoy the process of it. So, self-care during these crazy times, what do you do to try to kind of stay centered or just, you know, keep the day from falling down around your ears? Uh, I have actually started uh, taking myself off social media on the weekends. You know, I might still you know, post art or writing or something, mm -hmm. but I won't just browse and scroll like I normally do. So, usually... Uh, actually starting this past january uh, saturday sunday i try not to go on tumblr twitter instagram i just kind of uh put myself on pause there and i'll catch up on monday and that's been that's been really good for my stress um especially after january 6th that was that was when i was first thinking about okay well maybe i should be uh more conscious of how much i am consuming mm -hmm. because it's getting to the point where i would just doom scroll and it's so easy to do that because you're looking at all these bad things and all these bad things and um, so i i take myself off uh social media on the weekends now mm -hmm. and i'm very conscious of what news outlets i'm looking at mm -hmm. um, i know we talked earlier about this but i look at politico mm -hmm. and uh i try not to look at it a lot of other places so just 
kind of limiting my actual news intake if I can help it. Um, that's been very good for me. Uh, I've also been just cooking for myself more. And yeah, I hate washing dishes and I've been washing a lot of dishes because I'm, I'm not going out because of COVID. Um, and I'm not getting to see my friends because of COVID. So I'm just like, what can I do? Like something small for myself. That is a nice little treat. So, you know, I was uh, bulking up my sourdough starters because they were being kind of cranky. And so I had a whole bunch of discard. So I made uh, two batches of pizza dough and I made some uh, sourdough biscuits, which are really good. And just little things like that. And um, just something that takes my mind off of, you know, my week or the most recent disaster or, you know, worrying about my brother's mortality in the hospital as he treats COVID patients. <laughs> like what, what are some little things that I can do that just pull me away for an hour? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have that luxury of time that a lot of people don't have, mm -hmm. but I still have a lot of stressors. So it's like finding that balance uh, to make sure that I, you know, don't get anxiety attacks or, you know, I already am getting a whole bunch of white hair. I've kind of resigned myself to that fact, but so that's what I do. Yeah. Having more time doesn't mean having less stress. It just means it makes you feel it bad just means sometimes. I'm just sitting in my thoughts more. That's that's what it really is. It's just I have more time to actually think about my worries. Yes. Um, so trying to fill that time with just little mundane tasks or um, just video games. I've been playing some more video games recently. And oh, what have you been playing? I've been playing Minecraft and Assassin's Creed Valhalla both on entirely opposite ends of the spectrum um, in games, but both highly enjoyable. And I keep trying to convince my friends to <laughs> get on PlayStation with me so I can play Minecraft with them. <laughs> we don't do it. <laughs> I want to build a building of dirt with you people. Why can't you understand that? <laughs> I want to build a dirt house and have my friends live in it. <laughs> you can always do Among Us. That might be fun too. Like, unless they can oh, be stressful. But I'm so, that is one, it can be easily stressful. And two, I'm a terrible liar. I cannot lie. <laughs> no, they can't see you? So, yeah, it's just really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even try anymore. It's like, yep, that was me. Sorry. Uh, I'm the killer. <laughs> yeah, I did it. It was me. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, it, it's it's funny when my cousins introduced me to it. I didn't realize that I wasn't muting my microphone correctly, so they always knew it was me because of that. And I'm like, ah, oh, you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should have told you though. I know, but then they couldn't win so easy. So you know, <laughs> whatever. Evil people. But yeah. Cheaters. I know. <laughs> Cheaters for not telling me I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> How dare you? Exactly. 
can we talk a little bit about being part of the Supercorp scene? Yeah, let's do that. What is the difference between being a contributor and then being a contributor who also mod? So for volume one, I did three pieces and a sticker. Yeah, I did a sticker. And um, so let's see, we, we had about two months two and a half months to complete our work mm-hmm. and I, I just remember you know after dinner I'd go back to my desk and I'd sit down and I'd draw and I would be drawing anyways if I was or wasn't in the zine because uh, that was the way that I used to unwind after after a long day as I would go and draw and so adding the zine into my rotation wasn't a big disruption of my scheduling. It wasn't a big disruption of my actual creative process. It was just, I have some priorities now of what needs to get done. Mm -hmm. And so I, it wasn't a huge commitment, um, but it it was still, you know, okay, I have some work I need to get done and I'm going to do it. And then for volume two, uh, when they were introducing Fick into the zine, uh, I was brought in as extra help to help typeset the Fick, which didn't happen until the end of the actual process. And so I treated the first uh, month and a half or so like normal. And then mm-hmm. I had some extra work, you know, making sure that the fic looked correct, laid out in the document, and it was styled properly, and it was legible. You know, all those, you know, uh, nitpicky little things that uh, make printed words look good. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did definitely have some more mm-hmm. work cut out for myself on that one. And then going, going from not a moderator to a moderator was a big jump, mm-hmm. really big jump. It is a part-time job if you oh, want wow. to do it right. It's, I mean, it's scheduling, it's planning, it's finances, it's transparency, it's hurting a whole bunch of artists and writers to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's project management. It's not an easy task Um, and it's a lot of work if you want your contributors to trust you and if you want them to feel like this project is secure and going Mm -hmm. in the right direction you need to be available and Mm -hmm. that's a big ask so we have discord channels or excuse me discord servers for for each scene Mm -hmm. and you know as we go through the process and Volume three was my first time as the creative mod. So I put the book together. I put the stickers together and the postcards and the bookmarks. And I did all of the visual work. So that was a a lot, <laughs> which is why we now have extra moderators this time around. And Bat in the Cross Hatches is my help because I can do it by myself but I don't want to do it by myself again because it was too much work. And it's, it's just, you know, I, I'm thinking about it constantly now and mm-hmm. I'm lucky if I can go a day without worrying about something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because because you always kind of have to think about you know what could go wrong and because you because we want to protect the zine and we want to protect the contributors and we want to make sure that they have a good time and we want to make sure that they have a fulfilling time while still creating a good iteration of this scene mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a lot it's a lot um, but but I don't regret it and mm-hmm. I do really enjoy it and it's been a wonderful experience and I am going to be sad that it's that it's going to end after volume 5 in 2022 what's your favorite thing about being on the zine and being a mod for it I I really enjoy the creative aspect of the zine I think mm-hmm. it's uh, just extremely fun to be able to create something like that uh, with a bunch of different people who also enjoy the same thing and it's it's just a a nice little um way to make new friends i suppose and and just hang out with people and i enjoy uh, the giving aspect of it Uh, i've been doing uh, charity work with my family we have a foundation so we actually work from the giving side and uh, doing the research for all the different charities that we're going to help support and we we normally do local ones to North Carolina um, because the majority of my family is in North Carolina and being able to translate that knowledge of charity work into uh, doing something fandom based is Uh, rewarding in a sense that I know that I'm helping my friends and I'm helping my community and getting to make some really awesome gay art out of it and it's it's just sort of a a fun little contribution to fandom and carrying on the uh, age-old tradition of zines that have been around since the first Star Trek fandom so not only are we participating in creating something for our fandom and for helping people in our community, a tangible help, we are also upholding this old format of fandom communication. So before we bring this podcast to an end, any final words? Thank you for having me on. I had a very fun time and a very good conversation. And I've enjoyed all of the talks that we had previous as well. And I, I do hope that you can continue to grow your podcast and continue to get some more awesome people on there. I saw you had just posted Jill's um, podcast, so I am saving that uh, for when I have a nice rainy day because I want to hear all of her thinky thoughts. And um, good luck. I wish you the best. Thank you. I, I, I wish myself the best, too, at the sound. <laughs> good. You should. <laughs> biased or anything (laughs) no not at all believe in yourself thank you for coming Um, on i i really appreciate it and i had a fun time talking to you i hope i hope i uh didn't spend too many yarns for you yeah it's okay just a quick pause so i can share this clip of today's guest in the mini-sode five burning fandom questions that is accessible only as a patreon supporter i hope you enjoy which ship would you want to go on a double date with, and what would you do? I'd want to go with Xena and Gabrielle. Okay. Because we would have to go to an axe-throwing bar, obviously. Yes. And that's that's kind of like, I've always wanted to do that, 
and we had one open up here right before COVID hit. So that's still something I really want to do. So I just think that would be really fun to go uh, learn how to throw an axe with Zena, and maybe she would teach me a couple uh, tricks. Plus, Gabrielle would have some very good stories to tell. Oh, that's good. Gabrielle and Zena are quite the cute couple. Then they kind of became canon in the show, which is kind of nice. Oh, definitely. So anything else you would want to do besides axe throwing, like learning how to throw that weird ring thing? I oh, her, what it was her chakram? Yep. That, that would be pretty fun. I'm terrible at Frisbee, so I see that going pretty poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll stay with the, uh, the over um, shoulder throws instead of the uh, actual Frisbee throws. So is that axe place doing okay, or do you think it'll survive the COVID? I actually have no idea. Um, I'll have to look it up because I was only really thinking about it again recently, thinking about what I would like to do eventually. And uh, I realized that I hadn't heard anything about them. So I hope they're okay, but who knows at this point? Yeah, there's a, a X throwing place recently last year, maybe a couple of years ago, opened up around here too. And so I wanted to try them before COVID hit, but then, you know, shit happens and <laughs> did not do it. And now I'm like, I hope they're still around so I can try it or like wherever I end up uh, traveling to next, sure, we'll have it. Yeah, I'm sure there will be a place open somewhere. It's just, will there be one close by is the real question. Exactly. But, you know, the good thing is, is I live on an island, so... Really, it's the only thing keeping me from like the other side of the island is my laziness, which, you know, <laughs> can be prodigious sometimes. But <laughs> I mean, that that's that's still a fair excuse. I would say that I definitely fall into that trap more often than I would like to admit. Yeah, I know what you mean. And we're out. I want to thank my guests for joining me today. If you'd like to connect with one or both of us, check out the episode's description. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. If you'd like to know how to become a supporter and gain access to a bunch of cool perks and benefits, check out my website, which is also the place you can find out which fandom creator is up next. So take a moment to explore while you're there. And last but not least, I want to send a shout out to Ray D. Magden, who became my newest Patreon supporter. And much love and aloha to those who have continued their support. Until next time, thank you for listening.